Hello, uh, welcome to the first episode of Looking Back, Moving Forward for the year 2021. Uh, this is my, um, I guess, maybe my eighth, ninth month of doing these podcasts, these episodes of my podcast, and, and I'm just delighted to be able to say I... I moved into the, the new year, 2021, and I'm still doing this, and I will continue to do this uh, because I I feel called, I feel uh, a need to share my thoughts and, and just communicate with uh, people who listen and who understand what I'm trying to, uh, to share. You don't always obviously have to agree with me, and I certainly welcome any uh, counter views and, and, and opposite points of view that you would like to share with me feel free to do that. Uh, my email address is aharris007 at yahoo.com. Feel free to drop me a line and maybe I can get you to come on and, and talk about a few things of, that might interest you. But again, the first episode of 2021, I think like most of us, we were waiting and, and really hoping and praying to see the year 2020 in our rearview mirror. We thought, boy, we can exhale now. The, the election is over. Uh, they found a vaccine for the coronavirus. So we can, we can kind of exhale and, and look forward to a, a different kind of 2021 than what we had in 2020 and the previous four years. But guess what happened? Didn't quite work out that way, did it? As we know, in uh, January 6th, which was, um, that was yesterday, something very unfortunate happened in our country. And that's what I want to talk about today. What happened at the U.S. Capitol and how, did, how does it happen? How did it happen? And what does it mean? What are the implications for the actions and the, the, the mob the insurrection, the the rioting that that took on, that took place in in the nation's capital. Well, obviously it was spurred on by remarks from Donald Trump, as he had been saying for so many months that the only way he could lose the election was that the election would have to have been rigged, and since he lost. Therefore, his prophecy had come true that the only way he, he could have lost was to, um, was that they cheated. They, they rigged the election, and, and he was not going to stand for it. And it, it, was, a, it was apparent that those, those people who followed him, his enablers, his apologists, his um, people who just were, were diehard Trumpsters, they bought into that. They could not fathom how in the world Someone that they love so dearly, someone that they cared for so much, someone in whom they had put so much of their trust and their, their hopes about this country. How could this guy lose? He was not somebody who was supposed to lose. And, and I think part of the, what goes on there is that many people on the conservative side, they, they for some reason think that all of us, think like they think. They think their view is the majority view in this country, when in fact it, it isn't. And and they think that everybody should think like they think, and if they don't, then something's wrong with them. Well, 
as we know, he kept fomenting this um, this outrage, saying that there were voting irregularities, there were dead people voting, that the Dominion voting machines were hacked and uh, supposedly built in some foreign country and used by Venezuelans to, to somehow manipulate votes. And, and they were basically saying these voting machines were uh, being manipulated in such a way that every time someone voted for Donald Trump, they were actually a vote got converted to, to Joe Biden. Well, you know, that just defies logic. And as we know, uh, Rudy Giuliani and his team of, and I put in air quotes, lawyers, attorneys, they started filing lawsuits trying to undo the results of the 2020 election where uh, it was clear from all of the, the certifications and recounts and all of those things that went on that this was a fair election. Well, Giuliani and company, they were not going to let the truth or facts get in the way of their attempt, their effort to gaslight the entire country by saying that, no, uh, Trump really won by a landslide. It wasn't Biden who won by a landslide. It was Trump who won by a landslide. And we just have to go in and, and get some of these judges and get some of these uh, politicians and election judges to just see it our way. I mean, to them, it, 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 it was so obvious. They just could not understand why everybody didn't see the world as they saw it. They saw people making complaints and making allegations with no proof to back it up. And they thought, that's all we need to do. That's all we need to do is have some people sign some affidavits and claim that they witnessed something and they, they heard something or they even did something that was illegal. And they said, that's all we need. We will now take this lawsuit to court. And of course, they did it about 60 times. And almost every time, except for once, one time, they, the judges threw out the, the lawsuits. In fact, a judge famously said, who was also a Trump appointee, that just because you say there was fraud doesn't make it so. You have to come in here with evidence. You have to come in and and claim, not just claim that something happened, but you have to provide proof and evidence. And of course, Giuliani could not do that. So it, it just defies logic as to what what was their purpose? What leverage did they think they had to reverse the outcome of this election? What what could possibly be going on uh, to, to, to motivate Donald Trump and his his um, supporters and followers to continue to beat that drum about the, the election was rigged, stop the steal, and all of that, that nonsense, when in fact 50 state secretaries of state, election commissioners by different titles, governors certified the results of those elections, of the election in their states. And that's, that's, the, that's the way it is done in this country. The states co conducted the election. They counted the votes. But here, here's the rub. Here, here's where Trump and his people got really upset because, as you will recall, uh, the night of the election, Trump was ahead in most of these, particularly swing states. And then later on, when they started counting the, the mail-in ballots and the absentee ballots, those numbers started to change, and he began to uh, 
lose. Joe Biden's numbers uh, increased, and he surpassed the number that Trump had. And of course, Trump just could not fathom how in the world can at 1030 I be winning, be winning, and then two or three hours later, I'm losing. Well, as people tried to explain to him, no, the people who voted for you, many of them, for the most part, voted in person because you told them not to trust the, the mail-in ballot system, even though that's how he voted. He voted through, through mail, but he just said, you know, don't worry about this COVID thing. Just go out and, and vote. But other people, particularly those uh, Democrats who had respect for the COVID virus, they sent their ballots in by mail. And the states, all of them had uh, requirements. They had uh, checks and balances. They had ways of preventing fraud, ways of preventing people from who, who were not eligible to vote, keeping those people from actually voting. And that's how the numbers started to change because they counted the in-person voting votes first and then the absentee ballots and the mail-in ballots second. And, and then it just couldn't understand how could that have happened. Well, it's very simple. It's a simple, logical explanation. And I think that's what the problem was. It was too simple and it was too logical for Trump and his people to grasp it. They say, no, there must be something more to this. There must be some kind of conspiracy because there, that, that shouldn't happen. But I think any fifth grader or sixth grader could follow that particular logic. And they just just could not accept the, the results of the election. They claimed that um, dead people were voting. And, and quite interesting, I, I read about this recently where there was a man, I believe he was in Wisconsin, who tried to use the identity and the credentials and the, the name of his dead, deceased mother and mother-in-law to get a ballot to cast, to cast for Donald Trump. So that was the evidence. Uh, it, it, of course, the district attorney filed charges against the guy and said that did not represent widespread fraud. But I think it was ironic that Trump and the others were going around saying Democrats were committing fraud, and when in fact there was this guy who was a Republican and trying to steal votes for Trump, who got caught. So, you know, where did that, where did that get us? What did it tell us? Well, you know, the Republicans were saying that uh, so many, millions of people, you know, millions of people believe that the election was rigged. Therefore, we should not certify these votes. Now keep in, in keep in mind here, millions of people believe that votes were cast fraudulently. Now just because you believe something, just like the judge told them, just because you, you, you say there's fraud or you believe there's fraud, doesn't make it so. But this was the basis of their argument that because so many people believed or felt that there were irregularities, that was enough, and that was justification enough to call for um, a decertification or to withhold the certification of all of those ballots that were cast. And it, they just could not get their head around the fact that, no, this is not fraud, folks. This is not fraud. And, and the other thing that, that really touched them off and, and led them down this primrose path of, 
pass and just could not, they just could, again, couldn't get their heads around it, they would have these big rallies. Trump would have 15, 20, 20,000 people in a venue, and, and it would just feed his ego uh, tremendously. And people observing this on television or in person, they say, boy, that's a lot of people. Look at them cheering. Look at them just going wild and how passionate they are for, for Donald Trump. Well, foolishly, they thought that would translate into votes. And that did not translate into votes. And then they compared their crowds to the size of uh, Joe Biden's crowds. And Joe Biden intentionally had smaller crowds because he wanted to not place people in danger of of uh, transmitting or being uh, infected by the coronavirus. And for Trump and his people, they just didn't care. They, you don't have to wear a mask. You can just come out here and be a super spreader. We don't really care. And and, and, and um, Joe Biden just had a, a more sensible approach to campaigning for the presidency. But at the same time, uh, they saw that as an indication that uh, so few people came to Joe Biden's rallies. Therefore, he must not have had that much support. And because so many people came to uh, Donald Trump's rally, he must have had that much more support. And it just it just didn't work. That kind of logic just didn't work out. Well, they all of these governors they certified the the vote uh, of the electoral, and then it went on to the electoral college, and electoral college uh, certified it on um, I believe it was. Uh, December 15th, and then the next step, of course, was uh, January 6th, where the the U.S. Congress was in charge of a, basically a ceremonial uh, event to have the, the Congress go ahead and uh, approve the certification of the electoral, of the electors from the different states, and it was just a matter of uh, just rubber stamping it because, again, the certification process had already occurred and it had been approved and had been signed and had been notarized and all of the things that were required to make the electoral certification process legitimate. All the Congress was required to do was to say, you know, let's count the number of votes that Trump got from each state. Let's count the number of votes, electoral votes that uh, Biden got from each state because this is what the states were saying. And if you remember, Arizona came up, and, and that's when it all broke loose. That's when it, everything hit the fan on yesterday, when uh, uh, one of the uh, members of Congress said he objected to uh, the electoral votes from the state of Arizona because, in his words, they, they did not follow the state law. They, there was fraud. There were irregularities and so forth. And and he started going on and on about it. And then Ted Cruz uh, from my state of Texas, he chimed in with all the nonsense about, um, you know, if that many people think that the election was fraudulent, then we should investigate it. Because our democracy depends on people trusting the electoral process. And with this many people um, not trusting the system, Something's wrong. Well, the reason they didn't trust the system, Ted, is that you and the others went around telling people that there was fraud when you did not have evidence that there was fraud. And you had these people believing a lie, basically. You had them believing that something happened that really did not happen. 
and you did not produce the evidence. You did not produce any proof that showed that there was anything fraudulent. But that didn't stop them. They went ahead and did this crazy uh, effort, and it, it was it was almost like a, a coup, as people have described it. It was a it was an attempt at a bloodless coup by coming in and 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 trying to say Congress, we in Congress are going to nullify the will of the people, 80 million votes, the number of electoral uh, college uh, votes that um, uh, Biden received, uh, 300 and something, that we want to nullify all that. We want to throw all of that out because we just don't like the way um, certain states handle their, uh, their election. Now, what was interesting is that they didn't claim that that was the case all over the country. They just claimed that was in several states, uh, in Arizona, in Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, um, states where they had uh, large urban centers and, and many people of color, like in Atlanta, uh, Philadelphia, uh, in, in, in Wisconsin, had Milwaukee. Um, and, and, and these were places where they said, Okay, that's what we need to focus on, those places where there was a huge black voter turnout. Let's, let's challenge that because we've got to do everything we can. They tried voter suppression. They thought that was going to get it done, but that didn't work out. So they've tried to, they tried this little, um, tried to play this game to try to get those, those votes nullified. But, um, so Ted Cruz and, and, and his um, fellow I will call them members of the Sedition Caucus. They started hammering away and with all this nonsense, perpetuating and, and promoting these these false claims that were QAnon-based uh, claims. And and before that, of course, Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and Don Jr. and some more people were getting the crowd excited because Donald had already invited people to come to Washington, come for a demonstration on the 6th of January. And of course, he stood there in front of them and, and said, as he always said, that um, the, the election was stolen. Uh, we're not going to let this happen. We're going to fight to the end. And, and then his famous last words were, uh, I'm going to go with you down to the Capitol. We're going to show those legislators that they need to listen to you. That's basically what he said. So the crowd got excited. Okay, Donald Trump is going to come out with us and he's going to march down Pennsylvania Avenue and go down to uh, wherever it was to to the Capitol and he's going to be one of us. He's going to be out like a like a someone leading a big demonstration. But guess what happened, folks? Donald Trump got in his limousine, went the opposite direction, went back to the White House, put his feet up and said, All right, I've got him stirred up. Now let's it's almost like WWE wrestling, you know. Let's let's see the action now. Let's see what's going to happen now that I've gotten him. Uh, fired up, and they're going to go down and descend on the, the Capitol. Yeah, so so he was sitting there, I'm sure, um, just gleefully, enthusiastically, as someone reported it, enthusiastically watching all of the chaos that was taking place. He he saw these people climbing the walls of the Capitol. He saw them, these people breaching uh, the security of of the the Capitol. And, and he saw how Mike Pence and, and uh, Grassley, who was president pro tem of the Senate, they had to be evacuated and sent to a, 
an undisclosed location, and the word got out that everybody needed to uh, shelter in place, get into your office, and be wherever you need to be that's safe, because obviously uh, these people had listened to Trump. They had listened to um, his call to go down, and uh, and as Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani said, uh, let's go to combat. Let, let's have combat justice. And um, and that's what they did. These people went in, and they they smashed windows, they smashed doors, they they ransacked um, offices, and they did it uh, without any resistance uh, to speak of. And that's the other sad part of this whole day was here are these these right wing extremists uh, who were bent on anarchy, who were bent on disrupting the constitutional process of counting and certifying electoral votes. They were dead set against that happening. And yet, but these are the same people who were waving the American flag and said they were patriots and said they were uh, supporters of the Constitution, but uh, the Constitution required the, the Congress to do what it did, but they didn't want the Congress to do what it did. Just really, really strange logic, as I said. So, you know, they, they evacuated the people, and, 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 of course, it's getting really, really scary. It's, it's getting out of hand, and those of us who were watching it, January 6th, uh, 2021, will, will be one of those days we will remember for a long time. We will remember where we were, what we were doing, maybe with who are we with at that time, uh, because it, it showed some very dangerous and scary and unprecedented moments in the history of our country, we saw, um, you know, we saw something that had not been done since the War of 1812. Uh, somebody attacking and, in, and actually invading the Capitol, and there are people walking around with Confederate flags, and, you know, just, I mean, it was just a, a, a really shameful day for, for our country, a shameful day for those uh, enablers and apologists and sycophants of of Donald Trump who just kept perpetuating this lie that you know, this election was stolen. I, there was somebody on social media, one of my friends, just you know, conservative. She was she was saying that uh, uh, the election wasn't fair, and 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 we patriots have to uphold the Constitution. And um, elections should have been the way they all the states should have had elections like Florida, of course. That's Trump won Florida, so they say that's that was done the right way because he won it. And I asked on, on Facebook, I said, you know, what does it take for you to accept the truth? Because you think about it now. Just try to think logically here. The Department of Homeland Security said there was no fraud, no irregularities. It was a, a well-done um well-carried-out voting for the 2020 election. <clears throat> Bill Barr of the Justice Department, Secretary, I mean, the Attorney General for the, the United States, who is a huge, huge fan and supporter of Donald Trump. And one of his, I mean, if there's anybody who is a, a, an enabler of Donald Trump, it has been Bill Barr. But even Bill Barr came out and said, the Justice Department found no evidence that there was fraud that that would have affected this election uh, in any way. And, of course, 
Trump didn't want to hear that. He basically fired uh, Bill Barr for saying that, despite the fact that Barr has been so loyal to him, has has lost a lot of integrity and has lost a lot of um, his his uh, image because he took positions uh, to support uh, Donald Trump. He he was not he did not consider himself the people's attorney general. He considered himself Trump's personal attorney, and despite all of that. Uh, Trump was not happy with him. He he basically told him to resign. And of course, uh, there was Mr. Krebs, who was with the Department of Homeland Security, in charge of election security, said the election was sound, there was nothing going on, and Trump fired him as well. So you can sort of see a pattern there, right? If If you say something or do something that is truthful, but yet Donald can't accept it, because he cannot accept the truth, then you become the object of his ire, and then you, you get fired. You start start looking for another job. Well, they just, what we saw was, was just so despicable. And one of the things that is so obvious to so many of us is that uh, the, the U.S. Capitol Police, uh, they dropped the ball. I mean, to me, they just, they did not prepare for this event. They knew well in advance. They'd known for a while because Trump has sent out a call for them to come to D.C. And they should have known by now that when Trump told the Proud Boys to stand down and to stand by, they were going to show up. All these, these radical right-wing extremists, uh, organized and unorganized, they were going to show up. And, these, and, and the U.S. Capitol Police and the Park Service Police they knew or should have known that they needed to provide some extra security to protect the people's house, the U.S. Capitol, and they failed to do that. Now, here's the thing that, that really ticks a lot of us off is that had that been brown and black people knocking out windows and, and ransacking offices of, uh, of, the, of senators and, and, and Congress members, had we been out there doing the kinds of, had, had black people and brown people been out there doing the kind of stuff that these, these right-wing radicals, even though there were a, a few black faces among these right-wingers, which is a story that we'll talk about at another time. But um, I, I predict, I, I, it, God, thank God it didn't happen, but there would have been lots of dead bodies strewn all over the, the U.S. Capitol and on the Capitol grounds had that been that many black and brown people out of control to the extent that these people were out of control, uh, defying the police. Um, you know, they, there was this really sad, sad uh, image of this police officer running from these, these rioters. He was by himself. He picked up a baton and he, he was trying to push them back, but he kept running. He, he feared for his safety. Here's a law enforcement person fearing for his safety and this is a group of people, of course, they are the law enforcement or the, um, the law and order party. They are the people who support uh, uh, police. Uh, they believe in blue lives matter. They believe that the police are always right. It should always be respected. But yet they were just really being very ugly towards the police. I mean, that, that's the best way. But, but my point is that had they been black Lives Matter, had that been a group of um, Latino demonstrators and decided they were just going to invade, they were going to attack 
They were going to destroy buildings and, and, and uh, windows and doors and offices. And they decided to take that. It wouldn't have, I mean, so, well, I think, number one, they probably would have had more security out there. Uh, because for some reason they thought this is a mostly white group. We'll just let them uh, vent and blow off a little steam because, you know, they're not like uh, black people. They're not like Antifa. They're just going to just blow off some steam and, and then go home. But that was just so ridiculous. And, and then there were these pictures of members of the police taking selfies with these lawbreakers and smiling and then opening the door for them and said, would you please leave? And they escorted them down the steps. Rather than putting them in jail, they opened the door for them and, and led them on their way. Let me tell you, folks, that was the epitome of white privilege. That would never have happened in this country had that been black folk. Just would not have happened. And, you know, it's, it's just something that bothers so many people. And um, it's, it's we have to look at ourselves. And some people have talked about what they saw. Um, we're not like that. That's not who we are. And, and to that I say, yeah, that is who we are. What we saw, that is who we are. Because look, we, and I say we collectively, we as a nation, we elected a demagogue to be president of the United States. 70 million people wanted four more years of demagoguery and racism and lying and bullying and narcissism. And again, had that been black people attacking the, the capital like that, there would have been black bodies strewn all over the place. So yeah, that is who we are. Um, the, you know, I, I'm hopeful but not optimistic that this is going to be a wake-up call for some people and maybe things will, will turn around. But let's not be Pollyannish about this and think, Oh, that's, that's, just, uh, that's just people blowing off steam and that's not really who we are. Yeah, when you have 70 million people, over 70 million people who say, we're okay with, with four more years of chaos. Uh, not that all of those people um, supported what happened yesterday, but the question I would have for those people is, what did you expect when you voted for them? Did you expect this guy to be just a regular, normal human being and, and president of the United States, what is it about him that led you to believe that he was going to be a good president? Was it the time he um, was on that bus and, and made these insulting sexual remarks about women? Was that the time when you said, oh yeah, that's the guy we have to have as president? Yes, we need that. Or was it the time he said, um, Mexico has sent us their, their rapists and, 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 and murderers and you know, that, that racist um, rift that he took about Hispanic people. Was it that time when you said, yeah, that's, that's the guy who, who needs my vote. That's the guy I'm going to vote for. And, and when he was in, 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 in Charlottesville, and, and those he wasn't there, but they had that, that demonstration where all of these uh, neo-Nazis and neo-Confederates were, were just trying to take over the place, and, and, and Trump said, well, there were good people on both sides. I mean, when he said that, was that the time you realized this is who well, we really need to have this guy as president? When he told, when he said that uh, John McClain, John McCain rather, was somebody that he did not have respect for because he got captured as a POW, and he doesn't like people who got captured 
and, and he did not have any respect for John McCain. Was that, when he said that, was that a time when you said, yeah, this is a guy we really, we really need him to be president? And, you know, you can just go on, the list goes on and on and on and on when he just lied and lied and lied about things that, some things that just didn't matter about the size of his inauguration crowd. Um, you know, just lying about things and, and, and what he did with this pandemic. You know, you look at, you know, over 300-some thousand of our fellow citizens have, have perished because of this pandemic. And, you know, he was in denial about it. He, he told you, he told us that this pandemic was a, um, was a fraud. It was something that the Democrats and the media were just making up. He said and only 15 people had it, and in a few weeks it'll be gone away. And you don't have to worry about wearing a mask. You don't have to do all those things. You don't have to take care of yourself. Um, and let's just stop all of the testing. Yeah, that was really brilliant, right, Donald? Let's just stop doing so much testing because all this testing just shows that we have all these cases, a the number of cases going up. So that's making me look bad. In other words, don't get tested for cancer because that'll drive the cancer rate up. I mean, just, just really logical. And then people bought into that. You know, people started going around saying the COVID. Uh, there was no such thing as a COVID. It was, it was uh, just like the flu, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, and then you have all of these people who have lost their lives. They've lost, lost their loved ones. And um, because he was, as a leader, you know, he just didn't do his job. He, there was so much more he could have done to prevent this. Or, or not necessarily prevent it, but he, he, yeah, he could have prevented some deaths because had he, he rolled out a national plan for responding to this pandemic, rather than leaving it up to individual states and individual mayors and, and so forth. You know, he just, he did not want to deal with that because he saw himself, he was soaring in the, in the polls. I mean, people were saying, yeah, he's going to get a, another four years because the economy is humming along. And his trajectory was that he was in for another, he was going to get reelected to a second term. And then the pandemic hit. And, and he wanted people to stop thinking about the pandemic. And, and he wanted to distract us, like, you know, in that call he had with Bob Woodward. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's a bad uh, uh, virus. It's an airborne virus. But I don't want to, to tell the American people about this. Well, the reason he wanted to tell them about it is that he knew uh, that it was, uh, it was something that they would ask about and would respond to and, and, and probably be concerned about. And he didn't want people to be concerned about the coronavirus. And, you know, he had these nonsense solutions about uh, ingesting um, uh, this uh, disinfectant and, and putting an infrared light down your chest or something that would kill the virus. And he's claimed, or his, his apologist claimed that, and he claimed he was just kidding. He, would, he didn't really mean that. But you look at the tape. He wasn't kidding. He was very, very serious. So instead of promoting these nonsense quackery kinds of ideas. He could have been out there doing some things to, to save people's lives. But, you know, again, getting back to, but that's who he was. That, that's who Donald Trump was and is. And, um, you know, we have about less than two weeks and we're going to have a new administration. Um, but as we count down that time between now and the inauguration on the 20th, we just have to pray that and hope and, and just 
be vigilant about what could happen. I mean, is, is Donald Trump unhinged enough to the point where something something bad could happen? Could he just, on his way out the door, uh, do something really, really horrible? And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I just, I just don't, I don't trust that he has the best interest of this country at heart. I think it's all about himself and um, whatever he does, I think is going to, as he leaves, he, he's going to do something dramatic, I think, that's going to be something that, um, that helps him. So that's where we are. Um, we have, um, again, a little less than two weeks before the inauguration um, takes place. But I was, as many of you were, uh, yesterday was just a really tragic time. I, uh, it was a stain on our democracy. It was a stain on our country. Uh, people around the world were looking at this and just thinking, "Is what has gone wrong in the United States of America? It used to be the country that was a shining example of how you conduct elections and transfer power to the person who won an election. We were very critical of countries like Venezuela and Cuba and, and some Eastern European countries where they had dictatorships. And we had the audacity to, uh, to criticize those countries. And, and, and look at what we're doing. We have people who are spreading misinform misinformation. They're claiming that the strong man who lost the election really should, really did win the election. <clears throat> and then they, these, these insurrectionists uh, invade the Capitol and uh, interrupted a, a constitutionally required process. And that process was to count and certify, not count, but to certify uh, the reports and the tallies from all of the electors from all of the, the 50 states and the District of Columbia. And, you know, that, that was what the Constitution required. But then they went in and wanted to disrupt that. And then they would say, we're patriots. Okay. You see the irony there? We are patriots. We're going to interrupt a, a constitutional process, something that is embedded in the Constitution says, this is what Congress has to do. You know, we're not going to let you do that because we're ticked off because our man didn't win. That's it. Our man didn't win. And he said it was rigged. He said it was stolen. And that's all it takes for him to say it. Didn't doesn't matter that there was no evidence of any of that. The truth doesn't matter. Evidence doesn't matter. Facts don't matter to some of these individuals. Certainly, they, they don't matter to Donald J. Trump. And we have to um, just get ready for um, the next 14 days, 13, 14 days. And, and what we saw uh, Wednesday, I think, really... Uh, confirms something that I have been saying for a long time, and that is, even after Donald Trump leaves office, we still have a lot of people out there who will carry on his message and mimic his behavior and internalize his um, his pathology, if you will, the 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 lying and the, all of those things, fabricating things and having in, indulging in conspiracy theory, the QAnons and the Proud Boys and all these people, they love it. They love the chaos. They love the anarchy. And I just say we have to be vigilant. We have to be careful. Um, 
you know, we've gotten to a point where we've become very fearful of our own uh, fellow Americans, uh, not because we happen to drive in the, the wrong neighborhood or anything like that, but you can just be minding your own business and, and you're in a part of town where you see these MAGA hats and you see these Trump flags. And I'll be honest with you folks, when I see one of those Trump flags and MAGA hats, it reminds me of the Confederate flag. That's the reaction I get when I see it. Because growing up in Mississippi, when we saw the Confederate flag, or the rebel flag as we called it, that that induced some fear and anxiety in us that we, we knew that these were probably members of the KKK. And they were out to do no good. They, they weren't out to do any good. So when I see these Trump signs and Trump flags and Trump hats, I have that same dadgum visceral reaction and that anxiety and thinking, is this somebody here who is so into Donald Trump's racism that they could represent a potential harm to my family or me? You know, that's what we've come down to where we just, it's difficult to trust some of our own fellow citizens. And, and that's too bad. Well, um, that's, that's how uh, 2021 for Looking back, moving forward, is starting out. I just wanted to uh, introduce uh, this year, this new, this first episode of the the new year, by just uh, sharing some of my thoughts about what's going on in our country, uh, particularly yesterday, but uh, also that period of time for the last four years. And um, we will continue to um, put um, episodes out at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. It's, it's been a, a good time, and I, I salute um, everybody who has given me their words of encouragement and their words of support. Um, I want to also just thank, uh, you know, just my, count my blessings for the fact that my wife now has, uh, is cancer-free, and we're just so happy about that. That was a good Christmas present for us and gave us uh, so much optimism for the coming years. So that's all I want to share with you today. I will be coming back at at some point here in the next few days to uh, to share some more thoughts with you. All right. Again, uh, a Harris a Harris zero zero seven at yahoo dot com. Drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Take care. Bye bye.